Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 42. I'm your pal Val, and with me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well, Val. You know, sorry I missed missed the week, but you know, I'm back and try to get through this busy month for me. So uh glad to be back and I'm glad that we can talk some more of the older racing sets. Yeah, looking forward to always uh enjoy talking with you so this is nascar radio for those who don't know this is where nascar and nascar trading cards meet we have a quick show or show for you today we're going to talk about our race winners and highest finishing rookies we're going to talk about the 1988 max set and some of the auctions that we i've seen in the nascar news and then we will talk about panini's kind of released their schedule and products for NASCAR training cards for the uh, remainder of 2021. So, but getting into the results last week, the trucks were off, no races. They will race this weekend, May 1st, at Kansas for the Wise Power 2000. That's Saturday, 7:30 p.m. Stages are 30, 60, and 134 for 201 miles, and in Xfinity. They're racing at Talladega. That was race number eight. That was Saturday, April 24th. And that was kind of rain-shortened, but Jeb Burton was declared the winner. I think it was short about 20-something laps. So Jeb Burton was the winner. Ryan Vargas was the highest finishing rookie in the 30th position. And Jeb Burton is not somebody we usually talk about. No, not at all. His rookie is actually... Back in 2012, Press Pass Fanfare. I really like that 2012 because that's got uh, Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace and folks. So, but he's in a base card there with uh, card number 64. And and Fanfare, they had a few different parallels with the hollow foil die cuts and sapphire, silver, and that was numbered like 25 blue foil cuts and diamond. Uh, serial number five, and there's some magnificent materials gold and silver, and those are have raced used gloves. And then there's autographs with blue, red, gold, silver, and dual autographs, which is cool. With I believe his father, Ward Burton, and Jeb Burton, and that's serial number data 10. And then in the uh, highest finishing rookie, Ryan Vargas, we've talked about him before. I think there's about a handful of rookies going for Rookie of the Year in Xfinity. But he's in that 2019 products with 2019 Dunros next in line and the holographic and the cracked ice number to 25 and explosion serial number to 10. He has, I guess, a 2019 Victory Lane, Panini Victory Lane pedal to the metal. I think that's kind of like a, not a parallel. It's an additional set inside the base set. Yeah, I think he got one or two pedal into the medals, but he's card number 21 there. And then there's gold, green, red, black, serial number one. And then he's in the 2019 Panini Prism driver signatures. And there's all, there's a handful of parallels for the driver signatures. So, And then over in the cup race, which was Sunday, April 25th, Talladega, Super Speedway, Brad Keselowski won with Chase Briscoe being the highest finishing rookie. That was a really interesting race. I was watching that. I thought Matt Benedetto was going to win that race, but he, he chose the wrong line 
at the restart at the end. So, but Brad pulled it out. And with that, all three of the Penske drivers now have one and should lock them into the playoffs. And then one notable note for the Talladega race was making his first cup series appearance was Harrison Burton. And you remember that name. Yeah, He's, yeah he finished 20th. That was pretty mm-hmm. good for him. Yeah, out of a field of 40, he came in uh, 20th. And like I said, we've talked about him quite a bit in, in the lower level. So it was really cool to see him do well. But with Brad, we've talked about Brad, I guess it was last year. I haven't really we haven't talked to him about talked about his cards this year. But in the 2008 press pass, Speedway and Stealth, he has base cards and then parallels. There's also memorabilia in the top prospects with gloves and sheet metal, shoes, tires. And then there's different signings with the the base, the gold, the 50, and then the press plates with black, cayenne, magenta, and yellow, serial number to one. And then also I was looking on the trading card database. He has a 2008 winner's circle number card. I believe that's from Matchbox cars where I have a card in it. So, And then with Chase Briscoe being our highest finishing rookie, we've talked about him quite a bit already, but... Um, he's in Panini 2018 Panini certified with the different multiple parallels there, signatures as well. He's in the Panini Prime and then the Victory Lane signatures. So really only the Panini certified has a base card and base card parallel. So he's one of those odd ones where you said he has 2018 stuff, right? Yes. Chase Briscoe. Yeah, the his 2019 stuff has the rookie card logo because I know one of the ones I bought was his prism 2019 and it has the uh the rookie card logo on it yeah panini uh I'm trying to think in 2019 he just got called up to cup this year so it maybe was an xfinity rookie panini has put rookie logos on cards where yeah when they move up a level but yeah so the 2018 certified I don't think it you're right, it doesn't have a rookie logo on it, but that's kind of one to watch. We'll see how he does in the future and the demand for his cards. But this week, they're going to be in Kansas with a truck race on Saturday, May 1st, and the cup race on Sunday, May 2nd. That's the Bushy McBush race, 400. I don't know what that is, but... Sponsor paid for that in Kansas, and the stages are 6120 and 188 for 500 miles. That'll be at 3 p.m. And after the playoff standings after Talladega, it's basically the first nine are all race winners. Martin Truex, Joey Logano, William Byron, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Mike McDowell, and Alex Bowman. And then leading on points at the 10th position, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stanhouse, and Chris Busher. And currently outside of the playoffs at the 17th spot is Matt Diabenedetto, Kurt Busch, Ryan Newman, and Bubba Wallace. So like I was saying, all the Penske guys are wrapped up with wins. And three of the four Hendrick cars have secured a spot with Chase Elliott being the only one, but currently in the 12th position. So we still have... Plenty of races to go for the next, I think, next two months before they lock in for the playoffs. So, 
And then going over to the NASCAR news desk, I was able to get a release schedule from Panini for their the rest of their 2021 offerings. So we've had Dunners already, February 3rd. Chronicles is slated for June 23rd, followed by Prism, September 22nd, and National Treasures, November 17th. So we're going to get four offerings again this year, three, I don't want to say low to mid-level, and then National Treasures will be the high end. Uh, also, they expressed that there will be a huge announcement coming soon. So we have some ideas, but nothing nothing's leaked yet. So, But I'm wondering if it's going to be an inclusion of a particular driver if they've signed somebody. I mean, it's one of those things we've talked about before, and I think we kind of went through most, if not all, of the logical scenarios of what it could be, uh, you know, a few episodes ago. But I think everything that we talked about from – you know, additional sets or instant coming back or, you know, the particular driver that you're talking about with being Gordon, the inclusion there. Um, I don't really see like a lot of disappointment because I think NASCAR gets so little recognition and so little, I don't want to say time and effort because that's not fair, but you know, when you have something that's four products a year, I think if, you know, Panini came out and said, we're going to have six next year, you know, whatever. I don't think anybody would be upset or if it was just a person being included going forward, I don't think anybody would be upset. So I think it's kind of a win-win for any NASCAR racing card collector. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. It's, um, we're just, I guess, happy to have the four, the four offering. So, and like we've talked about before about Jeff Gordon, he has not been signed by Panini and does not have any cards other than in the Fox announcer set, which was kind of a very special little uh, giveaway set that we've talked about before. So, do but no have, autographs. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but do you have any idea why he's not signed? And I can't remember if we talked about it before. It's just such an odd exclusion, you know, and you know, me saying it all the time, I'm that outsider perspective. I never even really noticed it because I was so happy with the products already that I kind of was like, oh, and the guy's not active, you know, so it was one of those things where I never even really noticed. And it's almost, it reminds me of a situation with baseball, Madison Bumgarner, you know, a very prominent player, and, you know, somebody that just had a seven-inning no-hitter the other day, he has no top stuff anymore. He is all Panini right now. And it was one of those things where I never even realized because he's in so much already with Panini, you kind of don't realize that he's not in tops. Um, but I think the reasoning behind these decisions, whether it's Jeff Gordon or I doubt it's Panini, you know, but whatever the reasoning is, I always thought was very interesting. I'm just curious if you have any any insight or even a guess. This is one of the drivers that kind of snuck past me. It was only later when he was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame that I realized that he didn't have any 
trading cards. He retired in 2015, and as you know, that was kind of the year where PressPass dumped their product December of 14, January of 15, and basically said we're done. So that whole 15 season with no manufacturer, he, Jeff Gordon, retired. And then with Panini picking up in 2016, really in July, I think Prism came out. And either they tried to include him and Jeff has already been retired and maybe, you know, it's all speculative, right? So thinking of it as, you know, sports star, he retired. He's been signing cards for all those years or whatever. Maybe just decided uh, he didn't want to be included or, you know, maybe the deal wasn't right for him or something like that. So, you know, maybe he wanted to be smoke spin or or something. You know, I don't know. But I don't know how they... yeah, was that? So there's never been an official reason. Not that I know. I think that he just was not included. And then when he got selected for the NASCAR Hall of Fame, like I've mentioned before, those drivers who get nominated and get selected, they do autograph appearances at the Hall of Fame. So Jeff Corden, uh, I think he came once or twice to the Hall of Fame to be able to get stuff autographed. So naturally, You know, there's no secret that I like to get autographs and stuff. And so when I was kind of looking through stuff and projects I was working on to get autographed, I realized, you know, Jeff Gordon doesn't have any Panini cards, which I thought was very, you know, interesting, odd or whatever. So I never did get a reason for it. But, you know, I think with him being included in this announcer set, because we had Tracy on the Hobby Hotline. And, you know, me and you were both talking with him. And I want to say that that kind of opened the door, maybe, um, that Tracy said that, uh, I guess they have a, I don't know what Scott is, Scott Prussia, he's special, special, whatever, special sets or something. Because I think Scott's the one who created that Fox announcer set and that Tracy kind of hinted that the other production team was like, you know, how did you do this? Right. You know, Tracy, I believe, said, I'll have to get that audio and play that here but that you know they had just done it so hopefully that maybe i got the two sides talking or something like that so that's kind of where i think it's going but i could be you know totally off so i would love to see them do something like a surprise like here's a redemption for mystery card and then people (laughs) get their mail all on the same day and it's like holy crap it's jeff gordon prisms or you know whatever but I remember, I think it's the 2002-03 Tops basketball. Or maybe, yeah, because it was the year before LeBron. And they had a mystery redemption. And that was when Jordan went to the Wizards. And it, everybody thought there was going to be a Jordan uh, redemption card in the Wizards uniform, like the first Tops one. And it ended up being like. I can't remember the guy's name, like Darko Milicic or something, like some uh, international player. And I remember just a huge letdown of <laughs> thinking, you know, going from Jordan to this guy. Uh, but that was the whole thing. That's what pe- got people buying the product that you didn't know who it was going to be. Um, so I would, I would love to see something like that. I'm sure that's not what will happen. I'm sure it will just be a big announcement with, you know, social media pictures galore 
but I'd love to see something cool like that. That you know, you um, maybe think of something else as well. But first part is you know, including Gordon, Jeff Gordon would be awesome for autographs stuff like that. Since really his last autographs were in 2015, and he didn't sign a lot with the press pass. They were all low numbered, you know, stuff like that. Wasn't you know hundreds and hundreds of Jeff Gordon autographs. So he's a tough autograph to get anyway. Every time that I ever got him, it's usually, you know, one per person. I remember going to the um, NASCAR did a thing called Accelerate, I believe it was. Everybody camped out and you would, when they started the line, they had, I don't know, it was 10 or 15 drivers and you would go through each line through, you had to select one of them. You go through and get a wristband for that driver and then you can get back to the end of the line and go through the line again if there was any available and pick a different driver and so you could get three or four wristbands for different drivers now they were at different times so if you had the same driver at the same time you're in trouble but where i'm going with okay. this is that i was able to get jeff gordon on one of those and you could have a signed hero card or he would sign one of your items but not both, you know, and that's his prerogative. So I'm, I'm just saying that some guys are free signers and they'll sign lots of stuff. And then you have others that, you know, his time is very valuable. So he limits what he signs. So it'd be great to see Jeff Gordon, but with your redemption thing, made me think of kind of like how tops upper deck had done it as well as kind of was a predictors or whatever it is where, mm-hmm. you know, you had these chase cars and press passed it as well to have you know if one of your drivers or if you get one of these cards you know maybe for a parallel set or something would be really cool i know like with i mean it'd be real cool getting a a prism parallel set or something that's only available for that one race winner if you remember back i was think it was 94 95 tops had done something with the stadium club and i think the devils had won that year and then you redeemed it because there was only one series of Stadium Club. You also got the, uh, what is their Chromium product? Finest, maybe? You got a stamped Finest set. So it'd be great. It'd be really cool to, to do something like that. But with cards as hot as they are now, I guess they don't have to. Yeah. I re- yeah, I remember exactly what you're talking about because I had it for baseball and it was 94 because that was the strike season. And I think I had the Yankees team card and they were in first place so i got something uh but i don't remember but yeah it was definitely 94 um it's kind of funny that what you said about the hero cards because those things seem like not like they're cheap and not worth anything and that's not what i'm saying at all but that is like the go-to giveaway for these drivers especially through the mail and it's kind of surprising that it was one or the other when those things are such the giveaway item. Yeah. Well, again, it was signed. It wasn't just a true the hero car, but yeah, but yes, when you have a hot pass or I guess it was pre COVID, whatever, when you go down to the pits at the end of each hauler, they're all lined up. They'll have a little stand with the hero cards in it. So you can come by and take a few, but yeah, I think, just because of the printing cost, it's a lot cheaper. I still don't know why they don't give out trading card size stuff instead of those eight by tens, or even make it 
I don't know, three by four or something, something that would fit in an envelope. Because right. uh, on Twitter and stuff like that, the sponsors will give away free hero cards. You just have to sign up with your uh, name and address, and they'll mail it to you. So you know how my expensive mail is today. You would think you know sending an eight by ten or eight by eleven piece of paper in a manila envelope be cheaper just to do an envelope in the trading card size card so but i want to move on to 1988 max we've talked about it for the last few episodes it's one of those or it is an iconic set the first mass produced nascar trading card set if you look at com c and look up the 88 max and on the left hand side you have attributes you'll see rookie cards 108 and there's only 100 cards in the set so they're counting the you know the parallel not the parallels some of the variations as well so it's pretty much considered rookie card for almost everybody in the set i guess technically it could be defined as a rookies for everybody so you know some of the notable drivers in there davy allison and the Darrell Waltrip, even though he's an 83 Uno, his first mass-produced card. Rusty Wallace, Richard Childress, owner. Bobby Allison, Richard Petty, naturally, who's in the 72 STP and 83 Uno, but 88 Max first mass-produced card. Hall of Famer Mark Martin, Hall of Famer Bill Elliott, Buddy Baker, Alan Kowicki, Dale Jared, Terry Labonte, Jeff Bodine, Benny Parsons, Hall of Famer. Sterling Marlin, Hall of Famer Cal Yarborough, and Michael Waltrip are some of the bigger names everybody would recognize. So So this essentially seems like it is the 86 Fleer basketball set. The way that all all the big rookies are in this set, even though they were drivers before or drivers, excuse me, players beforehand, drafted beforehand, you know. Drexler's drafted three years before the card comes out, that sort of thing. But it's rookie cards for all these people. Is that kind of along the same lines here? I I think so. Uh, it's not as in short supply, the 86 Fleer. But then again, you know, we talked about, we said it was about a 23 million card run with the Myrtle Beach printing being a million card run. But I think, when it comes to the rookie cards, it's very similar to that. And then the number 87 is the Dale Earnhardt, which is the Winston Cup car with the whole team. That is classified as a special card. So that was a short printed card. So it's a little tougher to get. Now that 99 promo was never available in wax packs. There is no way to get that number 99 promo out of an 88 wax pack. That was grabbed and shelved before it ever got to the pack out. The, that only came onto the market after the Max bankruptcy in the late 90s. There are two other versions of that card. One of them has the sticker on it, numbered to 999. That came out of the Max Medallion. That was a special one-per-case hit that they worked out a deal with Dale Earnhardt on that. And then in the 97 year in review, there was an autograph version, number two, 100, but there was no way to get that number 99 promo without the sticker or any kind of getting that promo out of an 88 Max box. There was a auction on eBay that the gentleman is selling. looks like he has about 10 
of those 88 max boxes and mentioned something about finding a Ma- um, Earnhardt rookie. So I don't want anybody to think that they can buy a box and try their luck at getting a promo out of it. So Okay, so I have a handful of questions here. Sure. So maybe the easy one first. The one with the sticker out of nine ninety nine roughly goes for about five hundred on eBay. Um saw saw a handful over five hundred, but I saw a couple below five hundred, so that's kinda why I'm saying it's kind of an average price. Um somebody got lucky and got one for two forty nine buy it now. So that somebody must have snagged one quickly and got lucky. But with it being out of 999 it's not serial numbered necessarily like they are today there is a number on the sticker that says you know 82 of 999 or whatever number it is but what is the short story behind the sticker and what year is that medallion product so that was the 1994 max medallion there's actually a thousand of them. There's a zero 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 card that that came to eBay, I guess, kind of during the recession that I was able to snag a photo of. For all intents and purposes, there was nine hundred and ninety nine and nine hundred and ninety nine cases made of that nineteen ninety four Max Medallion. It was so are you a redemption, I believe. Were, are you saying that there were two? In a case, or do you think there were a thousand cases made? A thousand cases made. I would imagine with the Earnhardt being randomly inserted in those medallion boxes, I would imagine it's probably pretty hard to find one still sealed. Now, I believe they were redemptions. Oh, really? Okay. So I believe... They were redemptions, and I think it comes with a signed letter. So you are correct. So I that leads me to believe that they were redemptions. There were only 999 cases were sold. Now I'm, I mean, you can probably find a redemption. Did somebody email me and tell me they found a redemption, and they were asking if they could go to Upper Deck? I said I think that was long expired. And you got a little certificate from Max signed by the president of Max, I believe, and numbered to match the number of the sticker out of 999 and a letter. And I believe that letter is a legit signed by Dale Earnhardt Sr. I don't think a lot of folks know that. I had read that that letter is also hand signed by Dale Earnhardt Sr. So somebody has one on eBay, has the letter, has this little certificate that's like a size of a card, and then the Earnhardt card as well. However, their card is signed, but I can't tell if it's after the fact. It is or... after the fact. Okay. Um, uh, I think if you look in the auction description, he mentions that he got it signed after. Yeah. Yep. So that was in the 1994 Max Medallion. And I think that Max wanted to commemorate. I'm trying to see here. I have, I have it out on my website, but I'm trying to read it and try to remember. Well, as you're looking, there are no 
box that's for sale on eBay right now. No 88 Max? 94 Max Medallion. Oh, okay. Not a one. Not even in the sold. Now I'm trying to think. I I did buy one of the 94 Max Medallions to kind of go through it. I can't remember if I put the video out on the Racing Card Info YouTube site or not. So on a side note, in 1995, the Max Medallion, the chase was a Jeff Gordon puzzle. Each box had one piece of the puzzle, but only one box in the case had a particular puzzle, number four, puzzle piece number four out of the nine puzzle set. And if you completed a whole puzzle, then you can send it in and you would get a eight by 10 of the picture of the puzzle autograph by Jeff Gordon and serial numbered to nine ninety nine. Again, one per one per case. But that's 1995. But going back to the Dale Earnhardt, that 88, there is also another version in 1997, Upper Deck, which purchased Max, released a 100-card autographed version of the 88 Max, number 99, via Redemption in the 1997 Max year in review. And they are autographed and then numbered on the back out of 100. They also come with a certificate of authenticity as well matching the number that's on the back so and then also quickly on the 88 max earnhardt there are fakes and the easiest way to spot a fake is that the hometown of kannapolis is spelt wrong so you can save yourself a few hundred dollars and check the spelling of kannapolis to make sure you're buying a real one i feel like if I'm going to go through the work of making a fake, trying to make some money, I'm going to make sure that it's done correctly. <laughs> like if I'm going to get in trouble for something, I at least want to put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, you would you would think so. I, yeah, I'm just shaking my head. I, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, you would spell Canapolis, right? They got everything else down. Uh, some of the row alignments, I think one of the row alignments is a tad off, but... For the most part, you know, the text on the cards are all kind of lined up right. And then to to mess up with the Canapolis, which I'm glad they did. <laughs> they don't make the them too hard to spot. So, right. But the ADA Max is an uh, iconic set. And, you know, with that Myrtle Beach version, with the Charlotte version, which we talked about on another older episode, with the first edition being the Myrtle Beach of the factory set in the first annual edition with the Charlotte printing and that that hundred cover card with the 1995 on the back of the Myrtle beach cover card that it was only available in the factory set. And that kind of commands quite a bit because the only way to get it, like I said, was through the factory set. And there were a couple auctions that closed recently with $50 for the raw hundred cover card. And then there was another one with a lot of two of them for 140 that sold. I thought that was pretty good money for for that. Especially from that time period. I mean, it's hard to find stuff that's mid-90s that's going over $100. I mean, some of those really, really hot, rare inserts, but I mean... And I don't think I, I really brought it up before that a PSA 10 is close to impossible 
let's kind of tell you how rare it is. Now, there's two cover cards for the Myrtle Beach and two cover cards for Charlotte. One with the 10 cards on the front, one with the 100 cards. The 10 is from the Wax Pack, and the 100 is from the Factory Set. So on PSA's website for PSA 10s, there are 29 PSA 10 Charlotte cover cards with 10. There's only one 100 cover card from the Charlotte printing. And there have been 66 graded for the 100 where there's only one, and then 152, where there's 29 tens. And over on the Myrtle Beach side, of the 10 cover cards, 40 have been graded. Only one is a PSA 10. There have been 4,400 cover cards, only from the Myrtle Beach factory set, only one PSA 10. So out of all those cover cards, three of the four have a population report of one. And it's all the Myrtle Beach printing, correct? Two of the, yeah, there's one of each. And then there's 100 Charlotte cover card. So out of the four types, three of them only have only one example of each. The Charlotte cover card, there's 29. But the other ones... Uh, so that kind of shows you how tough they are to grade part of the problem with the hundred cover cards even though they're in the factory set they're on the top and there's nothing securing them down so they can rattle if you lift the set or move the set those cards will move there's no paper or anything in there to kind of keep them snug in there so and it's it's those white boxes the standard white corrugated boxes, like a 400 count box, correct? Correct. Like and that with a sticker around it. Yeah, it's a little, little white box with a with a sticker. Because yeah, most, sorry, I don't. Most of the factory sets that people are used to are smaller boxes, like to where the room, the the extra room doesn't exist. It's kind of that more snug box with the cellophane. So this is definitely a different type of factory set. Correct. Yeah, and those cover cards have a blue border all the way to the edge. So they show quite easily any imperfections as well as if they're off-center as well. So th those are, uh, like I said, super tough to find mint or in gem mint condition. And then some of the other raw prices, there was an 88 Max, number 10, the Talladega Streaks, the Myrtle Beach printing raw for $51. The 88 Max, 87 Winston Cub Champ, that's kind of the SP, $19 for that. And you can get that from either printing. That doesn't matter if it's Charlotte or Myrtle Beach. But that is, I was talking about being a short print. You know, they made that a short print in, with... The not legal issues, but not having Dale Earnhardt under contract for his own card, I think they kind of treaded lightly with that Winston Cup champ card because it depicts him, the car, and the rest of his team on that card. That was an SP short print. And then the Richard Petty is the one actually has been surprising me lately because that card was 
you know, only a few dollars, a dollar or two for the longest time, but it seems like everybody has targeted that and raw versions are going anywhere from 22, 25, 29, 32 for raw cards. Do you think it's because the STP has gone up as much as it has that people are kind of looking? It's kind of like what happened with um, second year prisms and second year silvers where the rookies are so high and so out of price range for some people that it's like, well, okay, I can't get the first year, but I'll get the second year. Do you think that's kind of what it is with the petty? I think so. It's a great photo. You know, there's a picture. It's when you think of Richard Petty, you kind of, and look at that card, that's kind of the image that, you know, you think of. So, and still in the 20 to 30 price dollar price range, is not bad. We know there's a lot of the Charlotte printing. And again, you know, he, he's in a Charlotte printing. He's not in Myrtle Beach and Charlotte. So there is less of him than say Mark Martin or somebody else, Rusty Wallace, who were in both printings. But I think it's pretty good price to get into. And I guess it's considered his rookie since the other ones are not mainstream. This one is. But like I said, for years, it was very little interest but now it seems like it's taken off uh some other prices that i've seen for that 88 max promo for raw uh, 530 399 557 and then also there was a lot of two of them for a thousand so people are going after that earnhardt if it's raw if it's the promo if it's the numbered out of 999 it seems like everybody is going after that 88 max promo if you were going to pick, you know, there's three different versions, correct, for the Dale? Yes. If you were going to pick, which one would you go for? Because personally, I kind of like the sticker. It's just a little something different. But I can see where people wouldn't like the sticker on the card kind of the way they don't like buyback stamps, you know. So but if you were going to pick one, which one would you I think pursue? the sticker... Uh, I, I've always tried to keep my eye out for the sticker. I do not have one of those in my collection. Also, the autograph one, I don't know. It might be out of my price range now. but And I don't know if we, if I told that story or not about the 88 Max. And uh, there was a local card shop around here. Uh, he had told me a story where um, I guess the guy's grandfather had gotten some Dale Earnhardt's from the Max bankruptcy. I guess I didn't tell you that story. I don't think so. And that him, the 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 kid, and I guess his girlfriend and them were sitting around a bonfire, and they were chucking these '88 Max cards into the fire. Oh my! And the girlfriend mentioned that they might, are they worth anything? And so they stopped doing that and gathered them up and brought them to one of the local card shops, who proceeded to tell me that. He didn't buy them, but he put them on consignment, and then they sold quite a bit of them. And so some of them have come back out. I guess this was, I don't know how many years ago, about five, eight years ago, maybe. But for the longest time, the ninety, the one to nine ninety nine was really the only legitimate one. Everything else was kind of non-authorized. 
but because of the max bankruptcy, those cards were never destroyed and they were able to find their way out that they've kind of become accepted now. And people don't know the difference between the 999 or the promo, but I guess, you know, the cat's out of the bag and the genie's out of the bottle. So, um, you know, they were all printed in 88 and they're not fakes. They were just, you know, taken in part, I guess, who's the baseball player where Tops was not allowed to make them and they stamped the picture out of the card? Alex Gordon. Yes. So, you know, it'd be like a whole stack of Alex Gordons getting out now that, you know, after the fact kind of a thing, what does that do? So I don't know if that makes any sense, Jason. But Yeah, so... I, that was one thing I'm glad you brought up because I forgot to ask when I said I had a couple questions. I think I only asked one, but the promo deal, and you said it wasn't in the factory set, correct? It is not. So what happened? Because obviously it's printed and it has a number like it should be in the set. What happened? And I apologize if we went over this. It's been a couple weeks. No, no. Um. Um, on one of those letters that we were looking at, it said that he was pending, that Dale Earnhardt oh, Sr. was pending, okay. but that must have fell, fallen through, and it it fell through before before they packaged them up. Now, supposedly, they might be, be seen in the Myrtle Beach pack, but I've opened a few Myrtle Beach packs. I've never gotten one. If they were going to be in one, that's where it would be. There's no way it would be in the Charlotte. I think if I remember right back in 88, there were only a handful of Earnhardt 99 promos out there. And they were going for thousands of dollars because they sh- you know, shouldn't have gotten out. What I was told is you know, there was, I don't know, 5,000 count box full of Earnhardt's or whatever. But you know they were shelved and... And were never released. And so when they printed stuff, I don't think they destroyed anything. They just, you know, put it in the warehouse. Because in the 1992 version, the black, I think it's 92 or 93, there was a, in each pack, there was a 1988 to 1991 card in every pack of the black boxes. And I don't think Max reprinted or did any buybacks. I think they just pulled stuff out of the warehouse warehouse and so i i think they had plenty of cards of some of the stuff around so but i think to your point they did not have a agree to a contract and the first card single card of dale Earnhardt was in the 89 max and the 89 crisco set and so everybody treated that as his rookie they you know would classify that number 87 the winston cup champ and the 88 Max said as his rookie until that 1989 came out. And then that was his rookie for the longest time. You know, you get to 1994 and they do the Max Medallion. And that was kind of, you know, to kind of release those thousand cards with the sticker. And then, you know, Max goes into bankruptcy and right. they have the auction for the cards, assets, and other stuff. And then. You know, I don't know how many thousands, hundreds of the 99 promo get out. It's funny how you said the Winston Cup champion card could be 
and at one point was kind of the rookie um, because it's like four or five bucks on eBay right now. And it also kind of proves how, I guess, fickle our industry can be because technically he's on the card. Like he's definitely photographed. He's definitely pictured on the card. It just doesn't have his name. So it's just one of those things where I always kind of laugh where it's like, it's his card, but his name's not on there. So we're not going to count it, but it came out before anything else. And you know, the whole, the rest of the history, I guess. But And that's what I'm saying. It was kind of a short printed card because it was a special card. And in the documentation, they talked about like five driver cards in a pack of, you know, 10 cards made up of a track card, a special card, a cover card, and a checklist card. Yeah. They were kind of dancing around, not having permission to print his regular card that they did this Winston Cup champ card, even though he's depicted on it, his name is not there. So that's too bad. It's only 450 on eBay right now. <laughs> well, it's a it's a tough card. Uh, there's 62 PSA 10s out there, but you know, as time has kind of muddled the waters of some of this, so it's definitely for the collector. Everybody kind of goes after it. They don't know that it's you know when it was released because technically it was printed back in '88, but you know it wasn't. So I don't know if it's like what was that baseball set where. They short printed that one card because you, if you had a whole complete set, you can get a baseball glove. And so they withheld that one card. But then the following year, you could write, people wrote and complained, and they gave them that card after the huh. thing expired. You never heard that one before? No, not at all. I don't know if it was a Gowdy or one of them. Hmm. Yeah, it was one way to get it. It's kind of, kind of like that, um, ninety-five Max Medallion with the Jeff Gordon puzzle. They they limited that one puzzle piece so they could control the number of redemptions that were possible. It's funny because it's crazy that they would do it, but also not surprising at the same time because it's that thing of, but well, what can we do to get you to buy more? You know, so that's that's an easy way to do it. Yes, sir. Uh, and also back to 88, the, a, PSA, a PSA 10 Mark Martin went for about 90. PSA 10 Rusty Wallace went for 100. And the 89 Preview Combo Pack, that's when I told you that it's got the 89 Preview cards and then a three 88 Max Packs in there. Uh, that one for 26. So the 88 set is um, so the iconic set. It's not too expensive. It's a little bit of a chase. Plenty of rookies in it. It it went for hundreds of dollars back in early mid nineties at the height of the racing card collector boom. Kind of like when baseball and the other sports were booming as well. And these are also very nice to get signed through the mail. A lot of the gentlemen are still with us. There's no gloss on it, so there's really no prepping for them, and you can pick them up somewhat cheap. Yeah, we'll say from what I remember and what I still have, most of those early Max cards are perfect. Like like you said, no prep, send them in to get signed, and they come back really nice. Um, 
Yeah, those white borders and the white, the good photography and stuff, a nice black Sharpie on them, they really pop. And, of course, send off a Richard Petty to get signed. One thing that we were talking about a few weeks ago was the 87 and 1988 World of Outlaws. And we were talking about the pop report for the 1987, but I had mentioned the 1988 version was off center quite a bit. And I wanted to kind of clarify a little bit on that, that there have been 165 1988 Jeff Gordons submitted and only six PSA 10s, 13 nines, and 30 qualifiers, meaning it's they're off center. <laughs> and then there's been a, a hundred PSA eights. So it is a t- it is a tough one. So I did I don't know if I told you, but I did order somebody had the five eighty eight World of Outlaw sets. I think it was four hundred dollars and I ordered them so that I could get the red back. And they came back and they were red back where I was told you were mine were the yeah. black, which uh which was not supposed to be right. They were supposed to be red backs and the black from the sheets, but to my amazement while we were doing the show, mine were on the black or black ink. So now I have both variations. But I remember that we talked about it, but didn't talk about them being off center. Mine are definitely off center as well. So but I wanted to let you know that uh, I think I'd said if you saw a nice centered 88 World Outlaws Jeff Gordon to pick it up because there's only six PSA 10s and 13 nines. Well, I think we'll wrap it up here unless there's anything else we've missed, Jason. No, nope, can't think of anything. All right, well, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you will share or like the podcast, hopefully you got something, uh, some information out of it. If you will share the podcast with others and share NASCAR trading card hobby with friends, we'd appreciate it. And for me and Jason, we will talk to you next week.